Oh, what a night. Early January back in 22. What a very special time for Moutinho. Oh, I remember what a night. Yeah, baby. Yeah, that was take two. Kino. Oh, it feels great. I'll tell you what. What a happy bloody new year. You don't want to hear take one. (laughs) Take one wasn't great, was it, to be fair? You thought take two was bad. Take two wasn't much better. But uh, tried to get the lyrics in, mate, and uh, and failed fail miserably. Great song, though, back in the day. Yeah, good tune, that. Is that um, I was going to go into a second verse, but thought that the peeps didn't really want to hear it. Yeah, we, we, don't, we don't want all four of them to turn off straight away. Welcome to episode 233. That's 233. It is the ENS Wolves podcast. Mr. Liam Keane, who needs a game on the 26th? Who needs a game on the 28th? You know that the big... Big, big fixture is January the 3rd. Manchester United nil. Wolverhampton Wanderers 1. I'm still buzzing, baby. How was, how's everything? How's, how's general life? How's Christmas? How was New Year spent? Are you, are you, are you excited for, for the prospect of Champions League football? How is everything? <laughs> well, you, you, no, I'm not complaining, but you know, the life Don't of, start a, of negatively. a football... Come on, no, 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 I'm saying I'm not complaining. I'm Come saying on. the life of a, you know, a football reporter is you don't get much time off around the holidays. So seeing the Boxing Day and the 28th game get called off, you know, a couple extra days off, you know, I wasn't necessarily complaining when I was piling on the pounds of alcohol, food, the whole lot. I had a good time, mate. I had a good time. Managed to touch wood so far, avoid COVID, although my family came down with it the other week and oh, I, I, don't, I don't live with them anymore, so I, I got away with it. Um Everything went smoothly, so I hope everyone else's went well as well, because I know it's been a difficult difficult time. But no, it was lovely, mate. New Year, all good, out drinking a lot, as I say. Yeah, can't go wrong. How was yours? Uh, good, mate, good. Um, just uh, chilled out, mate, back at home, kind of like an easy Christmas with the dogs and, and Alana and um, a few little presents. Yes, it was pretty good from the whole training point of view until... It's a problem when you get back to your mums and you get back to your parents and they've got all these little knickknacks on the side top, haven't they? It's more the snacking. It's more walking past to go into the living room or to go to the toilet. And you've got you've got Cadbury's Heroes there and you've got Ferrero Rochers there and you've got you've got a bit of Christmas cake there. And it's that you can't walk past that room, that communal room, without grabbing something, whether it's a a little mini Cadbury's caramel because it's only one. Or she put out. I mean, I'm, I'm a massive, massive, massive Achilles heel is, is Maltesers. And so my mum gets these huge family-sized bags and puts them into this like basket, all just uncovered, just 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 waiting to be taken. So it's just a little the little grab, you know, from one to another to another. It's only one or two, but obviously, if you lay out the whole day of walking through, then it's probably you're probably looking at ten to eleven chocolates, probably about thirty Maltesers, and you're probably about a thousand calories into your day. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Um... Mm. You mentioned Frere Rocher. Oh, mate, fantastic. They are my number one, by the way. Oh, the number one, that's a big shout, but I Chris- do like them. Well, well, I say number one, I, I don't ever buy them throughout the year. It's always mm. a Christmas thing with me. Mm. Ever since I was a kid, my family always knew I loved them, so they always got me from Christmas. Do you? So that do the you problem do is, Go on. the family know I love them. So oh. the missus got me a box of 20-odd, whatever the box is. Mm. My dad got me a box of 40-odd. Wow. Kino. My sister got me a little one that's got like 16 or something like that. 
Um, I'm not lying to you. All three of them were gone in less than a week. Shut the front door. I'm not. I'm not joking. Are you? Um, are you one? Do you have it? Do you? Do you nibble it around like little nibbles here and there? So <laughs> no just, chance. You just break break the chocolate slightly, and you get to the kind of like that that honeycomb light shell, and then you kind of like you just you just stick your tongue around it, going into the moistness, and then just just devour, <laughs> and it melts in the mouth. Is that not how you'd attack no, a rusher? You're a sicko. I just <laughs> you're a sicko. I just wow. shove it straight in. No, no messing no. around. Nibble around first. No. You know I mean you almost get two for the price of one. And, be, and because of the the size of them and how easily they go down, I could oh. I could eat ten in I don't know three four minutes. Like they're, they're, they're gone. Oh, they're amazing. They're so good. Incredible, mate. Incredible. So um so no Christmas was good, mate. But like I say, you know, I mean I was back in Hull, so. Get the prospect of getting up at six a.m. to drive back up to to Dorridge and then to go on to the game. You know when that game was called. If I wasn't, I wasn't like you said. Like you say, obviously we all want to play, but too disheartened. And look, in the greater scheme of things, couple of couple of games off and then going to Old Trafford, done them the world of good. They look refreshed, and I don't think anyone's complaining. And look, we've all we've got an extra couple of games to look forward to in the new year. So it's a win-win-win. New year, mate. Anything? Any good? Any good? What, New Year's Eve, you mean? Damn it. I, you know what? I was meant to mention this to you off air, but I think... Okay. Oh, no, say it on air, mate. Sorry, yeah, no, that's fine. Come on. No, 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 there's nothing actually that bad, but okay. I I had a feeling you might have been hammered because mm, you did cool. send me one or two little messages. Did I? <laughs> when? I can't remember. I can't even remember what you said now. Um, no, it, did I? It was something like... Oh, no. You know what? I'm going to get it up right now. What? Oh, no, it don't. It was Friday, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know, I can't remember, mate, to be honest. All I knew is that I wasn't working New Year's Day, thank God. Oh, yeah, okay, you know what, okay, what, what time were you hammered? I've got the messages in front of me now, so I want to see if you were. Uh, what time was I hammered? I don't know, we started drinking around 7-ish, I reckon. Oh, you weren't. I was, I was on the old margaritas, mate. Uh, I was a margarita station in, in London and uh, had a few friends round. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a good night was had by all. We had, we had a massive sushi delivered to the apartment. Although, I'll tell you what, I was... There were six of us, and I, I knew I was hammered at this point because I knew we were going to order dinner, which did like a delivery thing. Six of us, and the time that I was just smashing keys, you know, yeah, add one, add one, add one, add one, add one, two, <laughs> three, four. Yeah, and then I pressed send. Somehow I ended up ordering £256 worth of sushi. Ooh. Yeah. I, I like a bit of sushi, but come on. I know, I know. Good well, though, but yeah, plenty of leftovers. The good news is I don't think you were... Oh, okay. You were hammered. Was it, it coherent? It, it was just a slightly. It was just a bizarre response. Basically, you know, I'd sent. You just messaged me out of nowhere. It wasn't at, a picture, was it? Tw- no, oh. uh, twenty-five to seven. So yeah. I'd be surprised if you were if you were hammered at this point. Mm. Just put. Like, and by the way, I hadn't. I, the last time I'd messaged you was about three hours before that. So I don't okay. know what, what what this was about. But you just put legend chief, and then put another message saying legend. <laughs> Did I? Oh yeah. my god! Uh, so I replied th- four minutes later, saying, "Have a good New, Year- New Year's Eve, mate." And then, and then, look, this is an example of you know, Judah is actually sometimes nice to me away from the cameras. He put, "You two pal, have been a big one for you." Oh, that's nice. Oh, there you that's go, nice. mate. Yeah, I must have been hammered by then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking that ten-minute spell, mate. I must have had a few, a few, um, a few shocks, pal. Yeah. Well, when he put the legend chief legend, I thought that was a little bit of an odd message. I had <laughs> was... some mimosas. To, I had some mimosas in the afternoon, but because uh, I finished at twelve o'clock on that day, but uh, nothing, nothing too crazy until 
until the big uh, the big Fortaleza and eight one eight and and Casamigos Tequila came out. Which, by the way, um, every place in we we pre-ordered them, thank God. But um, every place is sold out of tequila, good tequila these days. It's, I think it must be the drink that everybody, the cool kids are going to. It's not for me. You were you you more of a me. more of a more of a Malibu and Coke guy, aren't you? you no, 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 no. I'm, I'm a whiskey guy. A whiskey I like guy. I like I like gin. Do you? Yeah, um, gin's not bad. I like a gin, gin, good gin tea. It's got to be for me. A good gin tea rests with the tonic. It's got to be a, a fizzy, sparkling tonic. I don't want any of this, you know lack of bubbles scenario I, I want something very very decent I want it to be fizzy tequila is just it's, you, you mentioning it it's just sending me you know giving me shivers down my spine I, you see this is the problem I hate it. a lot of a lot of your generation think of tequila as your shitty tequila you get from you know Cuevo from Tesco at the back and it's all yellow <laughs> and it's got a little Mexican hat on yellow, this tequila right. is is top draw as in like you can taste it you can smell it it doesn't taste of that tequila smell that you that you become a, grown accustomed to. That's not tequila. That's just absolutely. That makes rubbish. me feel sick. Oh well, man, yeah, that, that's not what we're drinking. You what? You wouldn't even be able to tell it's tequila because it's that good quality. Well, so, well you know, I'm not quite as posh as you, so um, <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't mention it. In between Christmas and New Year is my mm. birthday. Oh, so, yes, Kino. So this is where the tequila comes in because one of my mates went to the bar. We were out for my birthday, went and bought me a shot of tequila, and he didn't realise I didn't like it, and I was like, I don't know if I can drink that. And I, I, I genuinely smiled. I was like, oh, I can't do it. I, I, honestly, I'm going to throw up. So I had about, you know, a few inches left of my pint. A few Poured, inches left in what? In my pint. Oh, pint. My pint of lager. Yeah. Poured my tequila in that. Mm. Give it a little swirl. Necked it. That was that was much better than taking the shot. I, I can't do tequila. Yeah, but you're having... That's not tequila. You're not having tequila, mate. You're not having tequila. It's whatever uh, they call tequila. It'll do. I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting old now, though. 25. You are getting, how are you, 24, 25, 26? 25, 25. 26 was my, probably my best year, I think, out of all the years that I've been on Earth. So <laughs> wow. Still, you've, still got, you've still got, you know, your best years to come, Keno. Oh, I mean, you're lucky, mate. After after a, a boozy Christmas and New Year, you made your debut on January the 31st, game in 700 days, Phil Jones. <laughs> Little lucky-likey. <laughs> I, no, that is a massive insult. I look nothing like To him. Phil Jones? I know. Come, come off it. Come off it right now. But, uh, that's, well, he, I mean, he was tremendous, wasn't he, Phil Jones? He was the star of the show. Oh, I tell you what. I said to, <laughs> I said to you watching the game, all the national media were desperate to give Phil Jones man of the match. Going to that 82nd, 83rd minute, they were all desperate to do it. You could see them writing the headlines now. But, wow, Liam Keane, to a man. Wolverhampton Wanderers were sensational. And, I mean, there's been some excellent periods of play under Bruno. Actually, ironically... Some of the best periods have been in the first three games when they lost every single one of them. But to go there and dominate from start to finish is something else. It was, and people have knocked him, people have knocked his substitutions, people have knocked the tactics. That was a tactical masterclass from Bruno Large. Bang on. Bang on the money. The, the key word there is domination. They rocked up at Old Trafford. Haven't won there in forty-two years, and it looked it looked like they win there every year. It was that easy. Um, I'm going to get this little bit out of the way quickly. Get it yes, out. yes, United were dreadful, um, but I'll caveat that with because of how Wolves played. Look at Ralph Rangnick's post-match comments. He said Wolves are the best team we played this year, both yeah. defensively and offensively. 
Um, and we can get that off. Let me have a look if I can. Uh, sorry, <laughs> go on, go it on. Not, it might not work. It might not work. Pausing for dramatic effect in between. I'm getting nervous. Did you hear that? I didn't hear that one. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. I thought it was dramatic effect. I thought you were waiting. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> I could hear it, but I maybe you couldn't. Um, yeah, collectively and individually, Wolves were better than us. They gave us more problems than we've had in any other game. Bang on. Uh, and look, he's absolutely right. It was nice when Manchester United managed to speak the truth, to be honest. <laughs> but um, but look, they were, they, were domin- they were dominated. Totally, totally. Look, United are very disjointed. Their midfield... I'll let you keep Karen speaking while I, while I <laughs> sort my dogs out so you can talk actually this, about this, it. This is a nice uh, weekly <laughs> weekly occurrence now that we get the dogs involved. Um, look, i get this bit out of the way as I say that United, yes, they were dreadful. Their midfield too was very weak and Moutinho and Nevers would walk into their starting eleven in midfield without a doubt. Um, and I've seen many of United fans actually admit that as well to say, look, Wolves' midfield is actually better than United's which is... For a lot of Wolves fans, including myself, a strange thing to to come to terms with. But regardless of all that, and regardless of certain pundits saying that it was United playing badly, they played badly because Wolves forced them into it. Wolves on the front foot, direct, instantly. Getting the ball out. I had a clear, very, very clear tactical plan to get it out wide to Marcel and Semedo, and particularly Semedo, who in the first half had acres of space, linked up quite nicely with Trincao, and created chances. Um... What was key as well, I thought, was the link-up with Raul. He was with his back to goal, holding the ball up, playing it into midfield and playing it out wide. They had a, a figurehead. They had on the front foot attacking football. And they were allowed to keep the ball. And Bruno has said clearly over the last few weeks or months that his team is and this Wolves team, with the players he's got, is going to be better and more equipped when they can have the ball. Against Liverpool, Man City, they're going to struggle to have the ball regularly. Hence, they struggle to create many chances. They're solid defensively and they try and hold on. Against United, they allowed Wolves to have the ball. They couldn't figure out how to get it back off them. They're not a pressing side, Man United. They're barely a counter-pressing side. So they couldn't win the ball back. And as soon as Wolves have got prolonged possession, they've got enough quality players to be able to to pick them apart. And that's what they did. It was... Um, it was very comfortable defensively against what are some world-class individuals like your Ronaldo's and, and Cavani's, but defensively very comfortable. Rode their luck, obviously, with the Fernandez chance. But other than that, totally dominated them and, and deserved to get a winner. And it was always a concern as you get into those later minutes that they weren't going to find that winner and they were going to have another missed opportunity. But this time they found it. And, you know, what a gorgeous finish it was as well. I mean, you know it was a crazy, crazy game when I read your player ratings and Nelson Samadio... <laughs> Astonishingly, I nearly, I nearly, nearly fell off my chair. I've been given an eight by Liam Keane. That's when you know it's been a good night. Well, I did get a tweet from one person saying you really must not like him. I thought he was a nine. Oh. I was like, come on. I mean, what else can I do? Come on, he's four uh, points higher than you normally have him. No, look, I, let's forget this nonsense that Julie's talking about. I, I rate him as a player. I, I have to be honest when I say that I don't think he had a good game, and I thought he was brilliant the other night. Second half. Probably a bit quieter, hence the, the eight. Marcel, I gave him a seven rather than an eight because I didn't think he was quite as effective going forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought Smeda was brilliant. And the fact that um, he was much more confident and direct carrying the ball than we've seen previously this season. A lot of the times he'll get into the final third areas and he looks back and plays 
a pass inside, doesn't mm. get doesn't get a cross in. Sometimes he doesn't have the options for a cross, to be fair to him. Um, but there's not always that forward pass. He often comes backwards. The whole time in that first half in particular, it was forward passes into Trincao, forward runs beyond Trincao, and he got into great positions. He almost oh, scored. He had, he had a good shot. You, you, times, yeah. you had him at 66-1 to one for the first goal scorer. First goal. I'm going mental in the press <laughs> box, honestly. We've got, it's me. I mean, the press box, by the way, in Manchester United, we've got a great view, but... The leg room is horrific. I mean, you're smashing your your knees in front of the next seat. But it was quite it was quite interesting because I'm getting like really excited, like holding on to you when he's I'm like Samedo, Samedo, and then you've got Bruno's brother who was right next to us as well with his little clipboard and his his uh, little mini whiteboard and his headset, obviously talking to talking to Bruno, and uh, he must have looked across going, "What are these two morons doing?" <laughs> well, uh, I wouldn't have said two more ones, and maybe <laughs> may, may, maybe the one. Um, although, you know, I'd have been very happy if you'd won the money because hopefully I'd get a little little kickback as well. Yeah, but um, no, on Smaila, you know, he, he was he was direct, confident, forward thinking, and when he did that, he created opportunities. But you know, I can mention, I can go on and mention all the players, but just to mention, yeah, talk about talk about who was your man of the match on the oh, night? Oh, it's a tough one. It's, it's a toughie. I was Neves. It's unbelievable. I was just about to say I would. I would just edge. I mean, I gave Kilman, uh, Matinho, and Neves all nines. Yeah. Um, I potentially just edge Neves for the exact reason I was about to say was that those and, and outfield outfield passes. Say again. You Pedenza nine as well. Oh no, you're right. I did. Yeah. yeah. My mistake. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no. You're right. There was four nines. Um, Neves's outfield passes out wide, um, particularly that first half just set the tone and got Wolves moving. Yeah. The, the amount of cross-field balls he played out to Semedo was superb. And then the ball also to uh, to get Troyoro to cross it in, that led to the goal eventually. Masterful. I thought his, his range of passing was beautiful. His weight of passing was beautiful. Um, so I just edged him, but I thought Moutinho, tireless, so technically gifted in tight areas, but tireless off the ball, running around like... A twenty-year-old, you know, he defies the odds. Uh, I was speaking to Dave Edwards for the column the other uh, yesterday, um, and you know, he said that he started to suffer to be able to. Like, that's what Dave Edwards' game was. Mm. To you know, he, he was on the front foot, a, a hard runner, very energetic. From his thirties onwards, he started to struggle in that aspect. Matinho is thirty-five. He's doing it in the fastest and hardest league in the world, and he's doing it with ease. It's it's bizarre, but he's you know, I think he's been brilliant. And Daniel Pedence was everywhere, and I mean everywhere. It's always funny pictures of him when he's next to um, players who are any any bigger than five eleven or six foot, because he does look like a, a a little mighty midget. But I tell you what, he was he was superb on that night, and he was winning free kicks. He was getting up. He was busy. He was you know making runs. He was he was providing assists. He was creating chances. Everything that we know Daniel Pedence can do. I'm just looking at his stats now, and you know the run of the run of games that he's had. He's never really had a a really long run of games, mainly because of because of fitness. I think more than anything. But if he can get his form and, and have a run of starts in this team, I tell you what, I, I I think that he could be one of the stars of this season, the second half of the season. Everybody talks about Pedro Neto coming back, and we'll go on to him, and and hopefully you know in February we're going to see him back in in first team action, which will be fantastic. But let's not expect Pedro Neto to be Pedro Neto straight away. In fact, you probably see the best of Pedro Neto back end of this season if he's fit and probably next season. 
But Daniel Pedence is someone who can come into this side, can play regular football, and can be that that almost that that lighting that match and, and helping this attacking. And you know, when you look at the goals and the goals, the lack of goals that the Wolves have scored this season. But to, to assist and to provide goals and to score goals himself in this second half could be invaluable. I, I totally agree. And I, you look back at um, earlier this season, he, he just had that great performance uh, against West Ham, wasn't it, when he set up the winner and then got COVID. Uh, he was planning, he was set to start against Norwich in that next game. Bruno, Bruno told me afterwards, and he, because of COVID, couldn't play. Missed, I think, two games, if I'm right in thinking. Um, and and that was just a that small piece of bad luck again, as you mentioned his injuries. He had groin issues last last year. He's always had little bits here and there. That's little bits of luck, perhaps that has just gone gone against him. Um, if he can stay fit, stay in the team. Um, right now, he he that's his position. He he starts in that starting eleven, particularly with Huang injured. Uh, I think it's him, Jimenez, and then whoever you choose out of Trincao and Traore. To be honest, uh, because I think he's earned that in the last few results, last few performances. Uh, and he and he is very different. I mean, we talk about all the wingers being very different, but he's his close control, his touch, his dribbling is all very very good. Low center of gravity, and he's quick, of course, as well. Um, I thought he was I thought he was brilliant uh, against against United. I, I did have one small criticism, which I I put in the player ratings that you know one or two people didn't agree with. It'd be interesting to see what, despite us still giving him a nine. Um, <laughs> I wonder what you think uh, about this. That I found. There was a handful of situations, probably, you know, you could say three, four, five different situations where he overplayed slightly. Um, and the point that was made to me on, online, which is a fair point, there was that that's part of his game is that he, you know, he looks after the ball with close control very well. He takes a lot of touches and he makes things happen. But he got into some areas um, in the first half where he did take a shot. And that was good because Wolves have been guilty of not taking, not pulling the trigger often enough or quick enough. And then the second half, he went the other direction and he was getting into the box. He had one or two men in front of him without pulling, taking an effort, having a shot on goal. He was trying to take it around everyone and, and would lose the ball. And there was one or two many situations where he just lost the ball in important areas up front, but also defensively he lost it a couple of times and yeah. allow, allowed them to allow Man United to stride forward. So that was just the one thing. I think he overplayed and took one too many touches in, in a handful of situations. But overall, he was, he was still brilliant. Yeah, I'm not going to blame him too much for that. I think it was more about the growing confidence of this side when they started the game. And they feel like, we can get in behind this lot. And I think it was more like, yeah, it, it may be guilty of overplaying it slightly, but at the same time, when you're when you're beating Phil Jones for fun, when you're beating you know, Luke Shaw and, and Wan-Bissaka had a bad game as well, and you've got Varane who looks shaky without another quality centre-half at the back as well, you almost feel that the confidence is going to get into these players and they want to carry it as much as possible because I think I can have my way with this lot. You know, this let's be honest, that back line there that provide that they played against it is a it's a bang average Premier League back line for me. And uh, they weren't giving they weren't giving uh, De Gea much protection at all. So I, I think from that point of view, I'd rather someone trying to play and trying to get that extra last touch, even if it doesn't come off, knowing that can lead to a to a big chance rather than someone maybe just passing it sideways or getting the ball moving or maybe maybe making the easier pass. So I, I, do, I get what you're getting at. Um, but the good thing is when it didn't go as well, when he did lose it, you know, even if it, it was a it was a positive loss, if you know what I mean. And he didn't he didn't have his head down, I think, sometimes, especially with Daniel Pedence, when it hasn't been working for him, when he came back from injury and he wasn't right, when, you know, when things aren't, when he's not getting his own way, you can see visibly on the pitch his frustrations his, his his body language is bad he's hitting the floor he's you know he's he's he doesn't look like he's very happy and I think sometimes his size doesn't help him as well with that you know and and referees don't really like it 
but I think especially on this occasion when he did lose the ball and when he did go down he was straight back up because he knew that the Wolves were banging this game and that's the kind of pedence that we want totally agree um the attitude, uh, positive attitude that he that he gave off was important because you're right. He, I think he is a bit of a confidence player, isn't he? We've seen it several times with him, where particularly coming back from injury, and maybe there's a little bit of uh, you know tentativeness coming back from an injury as well, and he's not quite been at it. Um, I remember last season he coming back from his groin injury, and plenty of supporters online, you know, wondering why he's even in the team. Um, I think you can see his quality. You can see why Wolves paid the money they did for him, um, brought him in. And I, I think with a little bit of luck, as I say, he can get a run in the team. Um, he, he can he can add real good competition to this side because you know you got you try always you train cows, you Huang, Neto to come back eventually and hopefully be fit. It's a that's a that's a good you know bunch of players, a good piece of competition for the squad. And uh, I, I do like Daniel Pedence. I thought he got some probably unfair stick. Um, in the past, but I think he's proven a few people wrong. And you can see just from like little things like social media posts, he's very, he feels very happy and confident in himself is the, is the sort of impression I get, um, which is going to be a good thing for Wolves. And yeah, as I say, I thought he was, thought he was excellent. But so were, so were everyone. Um, you know, you could go through that Wolves starting 11, that United starting 11. And I'll tell you what, there's a, there's a handful of players that would walk into that United starting 11, genuinely. Um, it's not, not, not going on a, on a downside, but I, would be I have to mention it because it's a slight concern for me. And when you look at the goals and when you look at the way that you, that, that Wolves are, you know, if, if they are going to win a game at the moment, it's got to be one nil. Um, Raul Jimenez doesn't look himself, and you can say that. I guess you could say that from the start of this season, but still doesn't look like the Jimenez that we know and love is. There's no competition there at this moment in time. Saying that, I thought Fabio Silva came on and did a very, very good job when he did come on. And I, I hope, I really hope, beyond all hope, I'm sure he will do, is, is we'd like to see him start against Sheffield United on on Sunday. However, there is a, I guess there is a theory as well that you could see Fa, Fa, um, Raul Jimenez starting, trying to get a bit of confidence back and get him amongst the goals. But is is Jimenez, is it just, you just got to let him keep on playing and just, and just hopefully they'll click? Or is there something more deep root in there where you might have to look at it and might have to even look at potentially um, benching Raul Jimenez I can see both sides of the argument I I personally think a player like him um, his character his quality also what he offers defensively for Wolves which is important you know, he made a good few defensive clearances from uh, set pieces against United I think with him you play him through a rut and allow himself to, to play himself into form uh, I think that's the kind of player he is, and how, as I say, how important he is to, to the side anyway. Um, but I've got to be honest; I thought he was, I thought he was better against United than he has been in previous games. Look, is it the same Raúl Jiménez from earlier this season? Even the West Ham game, for example, Everton game. No, is it the same Raúl Jiménez as last season? Oh, sorry, the season before, before his injury. No. But I do think he was slightly better against United. I thought he had the ball up well. He linked up with the midfielders, which is something we haven't really seen, that fig- figurehead, that focal point where he, with his back to goal, holds the ball up and, pl- and plays it back into Moutinho and Neves, who then spray it out wide. We saw that. We saw him get into the box. He had that headed opportunity that he missed. Um, look, I think he was better. There's definitely more to come. It's not his top form, um, but that, I think that's a good sign. And I would play him into form. For the Sheffield United game... I would play Fabio. I totally agree with you that he. I thought Fabio was very good when he came off the bench. 
very tenacious, winning, uh, you know, holding the ball and winning balls against your likes of Iran and Jones, um, making good runs. He, he helps hold the ball up that led to the Neves pass to Troy that led to the goal. Uh, so yeah, I, I would I would play him purely because he's had very very limited minutes, um, but he showed something. Fabio did, which is which is what we want, and we, he's done that in a couple other games. You know, long time ago now in September in the Nottingham Forest game, he played very well. Then went on to have a poor game against uh, against uh, Spurs in the Carabao Cup and was taken off at half time. Then had had a few other sub games. The Aston Villa win away came off the bench in with about twenty minutes to go. Did very well. Again, at United, he needs to show more, but he showed a glimpse, and I think I would start him purely because he needs he needs minutes, and also you know there's a it's not within the rounds of it's not well, I say it's not impossible that Wolves would consider sending him on loan. So if he can show something in this game and prove that he wants to stay there um, and can be useful, then then they'll keep hold of him. Five days into January, and Wolves have already made. A signing, Liam. A super <laughs> signing. Forget Renato Sanchez. Forget Sven Botman. We have got Hayo Kawaibe. He is in. He's in. And then he's out for 500k. Uh, caught everybody by surprise. Not not the uh, not the household name people were thinking about when uh, when they're expecting Wolves' first first transfer of the season, first permanent uh, in inverted commas deal of this season. What can you tell us about uh, Hayo? Uh, what's the situation? How did it happen? Um, how did it go through? And uh, what's the plan with him going forward? Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting sign, isn't it? Um, on the or just on the face of it, of course, it's only happened a few um, a few hours ago. But as as we're recording this, but um, you look at his pedigree and his age. He's twenty six. Uh, he's played. Pretty much all his career um, in Japan up until last summer when he moved to Grasshoppers. Um, he got into the Japan national team on the back of that and, and, and has played four times and, uh, and scored once for them. So he's got technically international pedigree, technically European pedigree. Of course, the Swiss League is very different and he's only been there half a year. Um, but his age is the big thing for me because you look at him... As a, and as a as an attacking midfielder, um, should, I should mention as well that if he's coming in at 26, you would imagine that there is some hope that he may do something. Um, but at the same time, it's difficult to get your hopes up when you sign a, a player with limited experience at 26 and for 500k. Um, you just hope that it's going to be one of those uh, one of those gems that they pull out. But of course, it's you know it's the link with Grasshoppers. Um, you know the feeder club link that the Wolves have got with them, um, and 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 they brought him in. So he's available for the next month to play as well. Which I know there was a bit of confusion online with some supporters. So um, he has signed permanently, three and a half year deal, five hundred k. He's available to play from now uh, if they choose to. I mean, I personally, I was just about squad? just about to say, I personally would be surprised if he if he's even in the squad on Sunday. Um, of course. You know, there's not many games in January unless it's some of the postponed ones get uh, get brought in, um, postponed games that is. But I'm not massively convinced we'll see him. Um, it depends how training goes and sort of how he adapts and how he fits in. But the plan is to then send him back on uh, loan to Grasshoppers at the end of January. Um, the reason why it's described as the plan is or he's likely to go back on loan is because right now he's a permanent Wolf player and if, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. There might be some injuries. There might be 
uh, COVID cases and they might need to keep hold of him. Um, so that's why it's been worded the way it is. But the plan is to send him back to Grasshoppers. Um, but technically he can play between now and if, when he does or if he does go back at the end of January. So uh, it's a very interesting deal. It really is because it's not the big money signing that some fans will be calling for. It is a midfielder, which some fans have been calling for, but the idea is to is not to have him for the rest of the season. So I, I would be surprised uh, if he played with that being, you know, with that being the plan. Signed, signed for 1.1 million uh, to Grasshoppers, sold a year later for half a million. Um, over, under, whether we ever see him in a Wolves shirt, Wolves first team shirt, Liam. I've got to say, I'm, I'm sceptical. Um, mm. Maybe that's the peasant pessimist in me, but Wolves have done a lot of this. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I think it's a very important and it, it's a, it's an excellent bit of business. Um, um, what they've done in the last four to five years of creating extra funds, they've done it with a lot of players, signing for smaller fees and selling on for bigger fees, and that's the way that you keep the business running. And those sometimes the smaller deals that definitely add up for certain. But these unveilings, etc., feels kind of a little bit false dawny you know if you're if you're a Wolves fan and you've seen this play are you expecting him to to be seeing him on the pitch at Molyneux for many years to come but it just seems 26 years old half a million quid going straight back on loan we've seen this story before and it doesn't really um, and that's under very exceptional circumstances mean that um, that we're going to be seeing this to see how you as a as a first team player for Wolves in the future I think I have to agree it's um it does seem very unlikely, doesn't it? You have to look at his age, his pedigree, as I say, and it seems unlikely, particularly this season, that we're going to see him. But you have to caveat that by saying, look, you know, as you just said, the exceptional circumstances of an injury, a COVID case, anything that depletes the squad even further, um, and they may need him. Is it a bad thing they brought in a midfielder? You know, he could prove useful. I think I think you're right. It's unlikely. I wouldn't massively get my hopes up. Um, but as I say, he is available to play. Um, and just a note as well, it's the same with um, Toti Gomez, the centre-back who's on loan at Grasshoppers, who is, who is a Wolf player. Um, I've, got, he's... I've, got, I've got, to, got to be honest with you. I saw his name saying he's come back. Wasn't wasn't a hundred percent convinced that he was a wolf player. To be honest, I just missed that one. So sure, maybe maybe I was the, maybe I'm the only one listening to this or what, talking about this. That he's like, of course, of course, he's a wolves player. But I was like, is he? Was he? When did that happen? <laughs> it's uh, I think he's been on loan for eighteen months now. I think uh, okay. I'm right. I'm right in saying it. I, I grasshopper was the whole time. He spent his whole time at grasshopper since signing for wolves. Basically, so um, he okay. is officially recalled um, and he's back at Compton now, training with the squad. It's a centre-back. Uh, from what I hear, I, I've not seen him play myself, but from what I hear from people who have seen him play, he's quite an athletic, talented player, hopefully. I think he's 22, if I'm right off the top of my head. Um, but the plan is, again, with him, same, the same with um, the same with uh, Kawabe. I'm trying to remember how to pronounce it. <laughs> same with Kawabe, that the plan is to send him back on loan. Again, it's it, exceptional circumstances, injuries, COVID, whatever. He, he may end up staying, but the plan for both of them is for them to go back uh, at the end of uh, at the end of this month. Um, okay. But yeah, we'll see what okay. happens. So Kawabi Gomez, we're, we're, we're thinking, you know, maybe, maybe they might have got a very outside chance of maybe making the bench. Let's say on Sunday as an FA Cup, if depending on what kind of squad Bruno selects and what's available to him. But but we, we're not anticipating to see them in a Wolves shirt anytime soon. Sanderson and Giles may be a little bit different. They've both been recalled. Morgan Gibbs-White is back at Molyneux as well. Uh, there's, there's, there's a plethora that are back in. Uh, so what's the latest with those guys? And is there more chance of us seeing some of those players in the future? 
Yeah, so just to start on the two injuries, so Morgan Gibbs White and uh, Mateja Sarkic, um, they've been not been they've not been recalled. So we make that clear um, from Sheffield United and Blues, uh, they are injured, so they've come back to Compton for some treatment. Uh, I haven't got an exact timeline on, on where they are with those injuries. Um, what as injury is it? Do you know for uh, uh, Morgan's knee? I don't know much more than that at the moment. Um, Sarkic is his shoulder, which was fairly recently, I believe. So they're they're back and getting treatment basically, which which you have to make clear for supporters. I'm sure many of them know that it's a very common thing for players to, to go back to uh, their parent clubs when they when they get injuries. Uh, I think it actually it happened with Morgan Gibbs White Swansea, I, I believe, as well last season. Um, but it is quite a common thing for players to go back and get treatment at their parent clubs, um, particularly if it's going to be a few weeks. Uh, I, I, as I said, I'm not 100% sure the, the timeline with those two yet, but uh, so they're back uh, and um, and they've both been playing, of course, as well. Both been getting a lot of first team minutes, um, but at the moment, for now, not officially recalled. Uh, but then, as you say, yeah, we've got two others recalled. So uh, Dion Sanderson from Cardiff, sorry, <laughs> from Blues, Ryan Giles from Cardiff. Uh, they're both blue kits, you see, I got confused. Well, um, was a Cardiff one at one point, so I'll let you off. <laughs> yeah, that's true, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. see, look, 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 that's what I'm getting. Um, they, they've both been officially recalled. Uh, so the, the, the idea with them is to, they've, been, they've had a lot of um, first team minutes. They've both had quite a few loans in the, in the past few years. The idea is to bring them back in now, integrate them into the squad. It beats the squad out um, in, the, in the case of more covid Outbreaks within the squad, which of course is going to be uh, is going to be useful. Beefs the squad out a bit, has more players available for training because during COVID they had to bring in more under twenty threes and under eighteens in for training sessions. Um, so yeah, just beefs the squad out a bit more, and, and they get an opportunity. But you know, more than anything else, Bruno Large gets an opportunity to look at them, see what they can offer, and potentially have them as as bench options. You can look at centre back and, and with Sanderson, um, they. Obviously, with size going off, they're going to be short. You would imagine, and obviously Bolly injured, you'd imagine that Sanderson may get an opportunity on the bench. Um, it'd be interesting to see if one of the, if, if one or both of them get an opportunity on Sunday. Um, I mean, we'll come on to Sunday, and I think that he might go fairly strong, to be honest. But it'd be interesting to see if they get an opportunity. Giles comes in, it's more of an interesting one than, than Sanderson. I think Sanderson's obvious with him being a centre-back and, and the limited numbers they've got there. But with Giles, he... He's a left wing back. He's played there every loan. He's been at Coventry, Rotherham, etc. Um, but at Cardiff, he, he played there. He got nine assists. But he also played uh, as a forward on, and played on both wings uh, briefly as well. So he comes in as a bit more versatile option um, for, for Bruno. I wouldn't imagine that they're going to necessarily be thrown straight in and play Premier League games. But I, I would expect they may get minutes. And Giles comes in as a as a potential backup to eight Nori, if Marcel mm-hmm. moves backwards into, into the back three with size going. That's what I theorise, at least anyway, that, that we may see that. Um, but then Giles could also be an option going forward uh, if needed. So it just gives them a, you know more options, gives them a chance to look at them, gives them an opportunity to come in and, and show what they're worth. And of course, they did come back in November during the international break and trained with the squad as well, didn't they? So Bruno is you know, aware of them. Um, and yeah, it's, it's an opportunity, certainly. Yeah, and look, there's, there's there's opportunities as well, depending on on availability, especially in January, but going forward as well to to pad out that bench. I mean, no disrespect to your Kundals and your Moldens of the world, but that that those are easily two players who you can bring in. You know, you bring in you bring in these two, and and it's a little bit stronger, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think um, 
you have to look at how many games they've both played. Uh, they've both played over a number of seasons, well, two or three, two and a half seasons. I've played a good number now of Championship League One games. And that, I don't think you can underestimate how important that is for, for a player's development. You look at Morgan Gibbs-White and how he's struggled to cement his place in the Wolves starting eleven in the Premier League or really make a massive impact bar a few games here and there. He drops down to the Championship, uh, obviously as, as, as a young lad, and is, you know fits in like a glove in the, in the Championship, does very well scoring goals. These two uh, have done very well. Giles, nine assists, I think is the top, joint top assist uh, tally uh, in the Championship so far. Sanderson have been a regular in a back three as well, which is important to note for Birmingham. Um, so he'll slot into uh, the Wolves system fairly easily. Uh, if he does play, again, I'm not massively convinced he will straight away. He may get minutes here and there. If he does play, he's been playing on the right of the back three. So Kilman could move over to the left, which of course is his most natural side. Do you want to move Kilman? He's been playing so well on the right is, a, is an argument, of course. Um, but you know they've got a lot of experience these two now for for two young lads. They've been at, they've both been at Wolves a long time as well, and they get a chance now to come in and possibly get some Premier League minutes. I wouldn't, as I say, I would not bank on it being them regularly playing unless injuries force it. But I think they're from what I've seen of both of them, I, I've liked what I've seen, um, and I think they're, they're they're two talented players. You can get an opportunity. And Sanderson, the only reason he didn't get a chance. In pre-seasons, because he had an injury, um, otherwise he would have got a chance then as well. So yeah, and obviously Sanderson's got got uh, got former right wing back as well. So, so of course, there's, yeah, there's options there. Um, so so who plays who plays right wing back or right back um, against uh, against Sheffield United? Is it A. Dion Sanderson? Is it is it B. Keanu Hoover? Is it C. Nelson Semedo? Or is it D. Matt Doherty? <laughs> uh, that was a that was if you didn't realise that was an intro into the into the doc chat. That uh, there's plenty of at the moment. Um, uh, Ex Wolves player, now Spurs, not at the happiest of times at all. Uh, and, and well, I, I guess he's not at a happy time until he gets his um, his bill at the end of the season or at the end of the month, until his little wage bill, and then it's probably a little bit of a happier day for him there. Uh, but but <laughs> what's the um, what's the latest? There's a lot of there's a lot of chat going around the Wolves Twitter in inverted commas. It is saying that um, Wolves could be set to to make. To make a bid and to bring him back to Molyneux, is that something that uh, that could happen? Do you think, Liam? Well, <laughs> let's <laughs> take, a, uh, take a deep breath. Yeah, let's look at this um, from, through all the different eyes, shall we? So, let me speculate for a second. Would the player like the move? Potentially, I think he'd be quite happy to come back and get games. He's, as I you think say, that's an affirmative. I think I would yeah, say yes. He's not. He's not in a happy time as he at Spurs. He doesn't get played. Even under Nuno, didn't get played. Um, would Spurs be potentially wanting to offload him? I could yes. see that. I certainly could. I certainly could see that. Would a certain agent be happy to maybe make the bar and <laughs> make another deal? I'm sure he probably would. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> would Wolves be looking to spend either on loan, uh, a loan fee, or bring, as you say, the, the heavy wages in, or spend a fee on bringing back a player who's nearly 30 um, in a position they're well stocked in? Most likely, no. <laughs> so, from what I'm hearing, uh, is that it's nonsense. And then you have to look at it logically as well. They've got Semedo, who I think is actually had, a, a on the whole, a pretty good season this year and has certainly played very well against United. Hoover, who has had some very good games, did well against Chelsea. But they're two 
good players. They've got a good balance there in the fact that Semedo's older and experienced. Hoover is younger and hungry and athletic and a good player. They've got a good blend there. They spent a lot of money on Semedo. They're well stocked. They don't need players in that position. There's, there isn't room for him in the squad, let alone financially not making sense. So, uh, so yeah, I, I wouldn't go out and put any bets on it, so to speak, uh, at the moment. Of course, you know, if things happen quickly in football. If anything changes, I'll make that clear. But as it stands, it, it's, uh, it's fantasy stuff, I think. Look, unless unless there was a situation regarding a big injury, which there isn't, or or talk of maybe someone like a Semedo or something leaving, which there isn't again, and, and actually he's playing his best football he has done for a while consistently, so that's absolute rubbish. Then you could almost you know put two and two together, and it's an easy story to make. At this stage of the year, at, at, in January, and you know you've got clients, you've got a player who I'm sure he's looking to move on and to get some regular football. This is an easy story to put out there because it gets everybody's back up, it gets everybody's ears, it gets them talking about Matt Doherty and then, you know, as it happens, other clubs will be interested in them, I'm sure. You know, I know Newcastle have just signed Trippier, but they're going to be looking to sign players everywhere, anywhere and everywhere, just to get some quality in there. So it wouldn't surprise me if Doc moves this month, but I'd be stunned if it is if it is Wolverhampton Wanderers. And like you say, it just doesn't, doesn't make sense at all. And they are stopped at right and left wing back. Probably not anywhere else, but those are the two positions <laughs> where they're pretty good uh, you know, coming coming out of this. So yeah, it's just it's just a non-starter. And, uh, and thanks, for, uh, thanks for settling that, Liam. What I am going to say though is, look, we are, we've got 25, it's a long 25 or 26 days. And fans and supporters are... Um, expected they, they want signings Liam they don't want and no disrespect to, to the signings they made today but they want first team starters they want players to come into this club and you know we all know that Bruno Large has done a fantastic job a fantastic job so far with the small squad he's had now I know Bruno's changed and he spoke very you can probably go on about this after the Manchester United game about himself on the board but he has gone on record saying that he needs two to three players now, does he expect to get those players? And I mean starters. I mean people who are going to come in, not just sit on the bench, but start in this starting lineup to make this starting lineup stronger. Liam, we are we are halfway through the season. Wolves are nine played nineteen points twenty eight. I mean, realistically, they're probably only near the seven or eight points for safety this season. The way that it's going, they are eighth. They are five points away from. Six. They are seven points away from fourth, you know, and and a game in hand on those teams as well. It's an amazing job, you know, ahead of the likes of of, of Brighton and Leicester and and all these other sides, you know, way ahead of them. It's and and they've got a good good amount and some decent fixtures to come. We all talked about this scary December. Well, they've come out with it in flying colours, and they've still got Arsenal away to come. Which, by the way, they've gone to Man United and got a result, and they can go away to Arsenal and get a result. On the horizon, there are definitely more winnable games to come. Now, do you stick or do you twist? And I understand expectations and the way that things are going, that maybe you would expect Wolves to have maybe a, a quite another quiet January and maybe looking to next season. But do they reassess now? Do they look? They've just gone to they've gone to Old Trafford and dominated a team that is expected not to maybe not to win the league this year, but to get Champions League football. And they have dominated them. They are eighth. Eighth is probably good enough for a Europa Conference League spot this season. Definitely seventh, but probably eighth. Do you change it and go, okay, maybe we do get one or two in here. Maybe we do get one or two stars in here. Because because I tell you what, and I'll tell you this for free, Liam, 
Wolves could spend two, £100 million next summer and they might not be in a better position than they are now. And sometimes you've got to strike while the iron's hot. And this is a good opportunity to do it. And I know I've spoken very, for a very long time, <laughs> so I'll hand the microphone over to you. But I'm just trying to get out what I think a lot of people, including myself, are thinking at this present moment. Yeah, it's, it's a real balancing act between ambition and what is, at the end of the day, a business. I think it's very. I think for a lot of supporters and a lot of people looking at football, they, they look at it very black and white and to say, you know, if we bring in A, B, and C, we'll get A, B, and C. It doesn't always happen that way, of course. But you have to, you have to look. I think at the history of Fosun being owners and the business model and how they've run the club so far. We all know, you know, we've spoke about this in the summer till till we've gone blue. But we we know about the the self sustaining model and that they they want the business to look after itself and then, and not to put them into any financial issues or put them into any financial trouble. Um, and that obviously, you know, that's still true. Uh, the reality is there's not a, a huge pot of money. You know, they're not sitting, you know, like a Newcastle on 200 odd million ready to spend. Um, but there's not zero money at the same time. You know, they they, they went in for, for Botman in, in the summer. Um, Leo wanted more and the, the deal didn't happen, but the, the money was there. They went for him. Um, and, and what they, and how they look at it really is on an individual basis. So, they have their targets or they have players they're looking at, they monitor the market um, and they look at it on an individual basis. And if a player comes up that Bruno's happy with, you bear in mind as well, there was plenty of players in the summer that Bruno turned down that he wasn't interested in signing. But if he, a player that Bruno's happy with, that is at the right price, that makes financial and football sense, then they will look at it and they will consider it. The reality is, in January, that they're li- it's not likely that they're going to make any big signings um, unless the right deal comes up with a player that is going to that makes that makes sense. And it, it's almost it's not you know it's not the most popular thing that I'm going to say today for, for fans, but it's it's just the reality that they're they're not going to put the the business really at risk um, by going out and splashing on a player that you know it might not work, or it might be too expensive, and and particularly when you look at the market in January. It's always been a, a very, very difficult market to work in. There won't be many clubs, bar your Newcastle, for example, who will do a lot of business in January. And then you look at the history of folks in, in being in charge of Wolves, and they've very rarely done big business in January. They bought Pedenzi a couple of years ago. They made Costa permanent, didn't they, uh, right at the beginning after his loan. Um, but other than that, they don't do huge business really in January. And you have to, you have to really take it with a with a pinch of salt to say that they're probably not going to make big signings but equally in terms of players leaving of course it could change if a player if a if a team comes in with you know money that is difficult to turn down money that certainly needs considering um then Wolves will, will, will look at it and take it as a, a a bid or by bid or case by case basis but as far as I understand it, the club don't want to lose anyone um in January so that includes your Adama Traoré race of course which a lot of people talk about uh, the idea is that they don't want to, to lose anyone um, and then in the summer of course reassess on with some players out of contract size Moutinho Marcel etc so it's really on the face of it right now it's a, a case of it probably being a, a fairly quiet January uh, unless there's a a huge change in the sense that the right player comes available or a team comes in with the right money and of course if a player like Troy does go uh, for for big money or fairly big money, then then that money will likely be reinvested, depending on on where they are. And 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 also, 
I know there's a lot of points all in one, so forgot, forgive me for ranting on, uh, just trying to get all the all the points out there. They brought back a few lone players, as you say, Sanderson and Giles, which isn't an excuse for first-team players, we know that, but that is a reality. They brought them back to beef the squad up. Um, but they're also very keen that they've got, hopefully going to have Bolly eventually sorted. I know that's a very big if. Uh, but they've also got your Pedro Neto's and your Johnny's coming back. Again, a massive if that they're going to be ready and raring to go quickly uh, and probably unlikely. But they're very conscious of unbalancing the squad and overloading the squad. And also the key word I think is panicking. If you panic and overload the squad and make too many big signs when these players are coming back, I think they're very conscious of that as well. Um, so it's important to note as well the, the comments from Bruno because he was very honest, wasn't he, talking about the kind of players he wants, positions, how many players he wants, etc. Um, which in turn has sort of created this sentiment amongst fans or uh, that well, amongst a number of fans anyway, that, you know, him and Jeff have fallen out, Jeff Shee that is, or him and the board have fallen out, him and Scott Sellers have fallen out, and Bruno made it very, very clear, unprompted, I might say, actually, because it was a question from me about why he brought Ryan Giles back, and he started off by saying, I'll answer, I promise I'll answer your question in the next press conference, I want to focus on this game, and then went into a big rant about how him and Jeff talk every day, they, they've got a good relationship, he understands the economical moment of the club, uh, is how he phrased it, even going as far as saying, you know, people cannot use my words to attack everyone. Almost, you know, saying, please don't have a go at the the board or the or the powers that be. You know, I'm, we're working as a team. We're working. We're happy. We've got a plan, and we promise we're going to build the squad you want. Um, you, you can't really say fairer than that. I, I think on, from Bruno's side, I think um, he's probably just been a little bit overzealous with some of his comments previously that has created this uh, this need amongst fans or this perception amongst fans that he's not being backed. Um, you, you know, every manager wants more players, I'm sure, but the manager doesn't make those decisions. It's you know, it's up to the people that run the business at the end of the day, which is what a football club is. So but there's you, a lot, you, a lot of information there. I do apologise. But you know what I mean, Liam? Like, I, to, I totally, I do totally get where you and a lot of fans that. are coming from. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I do get it. And they're they're doing they're doing great, and you know, you've got to you've got to go with what Bruno said, and and you know that he hasn't been given the players that he wants so far. The eighth in the table they might not get a better opportunity in the next three or four years to be where they are at this moment in time. They might not. So surely you have to adapt potentially and take advantage while it's there. You know, and, and talk about maybe holding on to Traore. If Adama Traore is not going to sign a contract, if Adama Traore is going to continue with um, being on the bench and playing one in every three and you can flog him for 20 million quid, then surely you can, you'd rather have to utilise that money now and give yourself a better, as good a chance as possible to finish as high up in the league as you can this season if it means European football now if Wolves are 12th or 13th or 14th and they're, they're, they're neither here nor there which is let's be honest what most people expected this season with the squad with the state of it with, with the situation that probably mid-table but aren't they, aren't they now having to look and say look we could maybe do something this year but it might need a little bit more investment you look at that team Liam and they are eighth without uh, with a, with a with a striker who's only scored two goals this season. With arguably your best player who's been injured all season, Pedro Neto. With three midfielders of which you know one fair play to him is 35, 36 years old, and one person's a Belgian international who's not really done much this season. And and you've you've had one superb starlet in the centre midfield, and you've had the bare minimum of centre backs who are who are pl- playing out of their skin again and again and again to have the second best defensive record in the league. If you add one or two to that, and they're doing what they're doing at this moment in time and overachieving, 
then why can't they go on and, and, and finish in the top seven this season? And to be honest, I, I don't disagree. Um, the whole sort of rant there is really just giving you know, giving the background and, and how and how they run the club and how they think and and and, and they're not gonna they're not gonna change that um, at least in January anyway. But would I personally bring one or two in? I would. I think they need a midfielder. I think they probably need another striker option. Uh, and there'll be lots of questions for Bruno on on uh, on Friday about this because it's two press conferences in a row now that he said, you know, I'll answer all these all these January questions, you know, after the United game basically is how he said it. So there'll be plenty to ask him there. Um, you can't. I don't think you can have the squad totally reliant and built on the foundations or on on youngsters. That's something that you know a League Two team does where they have, you know, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen senior players and the rest of them kids. I don't think Wolves can go down that route, and they're and they're they're almost pushing on that in some in in some regard, particularly with bringing some of the loan players back. Um, but I think it's almost a, and I you know I agree that strike while the iron's hot. It's you know be ambitious. It's an opportunity certainly, uh, but I think the, the sentiment really is to to reassess in the summer, particularly with a few players going out uh, running out of contract as well, uh, and whether they they sign or not. It's um, it's a fine line, I don't know. yeah. It, it is. I, it is a really fine line, big I, I time. Do, I do get it. I do. I do get it. And you know, I'm just. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate, and, I, and I'm trying to speak for the fans at the same time. But you know, if you're going to pay double the wages or double the inflation of transfer fees, and you can, you know, you know that you're going to be safe this season, you're probably maybe not going to get into Europe if that's the thinking. Then, then maybe you can wait to the summer, and I, and I understand that as well. And like you say, it is a business. You've got to you've got to understand what goes on behind the scenes. It's not going to please fans. And from a from a point of view of look, if we can get two or three of, we might have to overpay for one now, or do we get two or three in the summer? Then I think that that maybe they would they would you know adhere on the on the side of caution and maybe do maybe do the latter. But you were going to get people frustrated. You are going to get it, and I can understand that as well. Because it has been some disappointing transfer windows. The summer was disappointing. January was disappointing. This January potentially could be disappointing if you're saying that we're not expecting to get any kind of you know main starters in there. So it's going to be, regardless of the way that that we try to look at it, it's going to be disappointing from a fan's point of view. So you look to you look to the summer and you think, okay, well we'll see where Wolves finish up at the end of the table. But they've got to bring players in the summer, and I think that's a that's inevitable, but you're probably going to see outgoings as well. And we're back to the same situation we were last summer. So it's not going to... What, what, what you're trying to say, to me, as a, Liam, I guess, is that people aren't going to be overjoyed by the business that they're going to do in January if it's going to be amount of bodies coming in. More than likely, yeah. The, 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 the idea now is that it's, it's unlikely, it's unexpected. They expect, sorry, that they're not going to bring in any, any major names, really. Um, now, as I say, they... If the right deal, the right money comes up, um, they could react, uh, and, and they had no, they, they've done that in, in the past, uh, particularly to, at the end of the summer window, going for Sanchez and Botman. Um, but it, as it stands, it's unlikely. Um, I think it's important to finish on as well, just to finish this point that you look at some of the comments Bruno made to say that you know I promise we're going to build the squad we're dreaming of, and etc. etc. Um, they very much see it as a as a long term project. He's you know he's been here six months and it, albeit he's done very well. Uh, he signed a three year contract, uh, I believe, was it or four year off the top of my head. Um, so they they see it as a as a project. They really do. I don't think anyone expected them to be eighth in January or six months in to Bruno's uh, time as manager. 
but I think they have to temper expectations a little bit uh, and uh, and build towards what they what they're trying to do. Uh, it's not going to be the popular answer, uh, and I totally get that, but it's it's the reality at, at the moment. Um, let's just hope that the right deal comes across and you know they they react and they change their mind. But I think it's it's unlikely, particularly as I say with January being inflated and a difficult a difficult time to do business anyway. And when we talk about Europe. Um... Liam, he, talk, he, he means Marbella, doesn't he? Did you chat to him in the post-match at Man United? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, I don't, you know, as I say, covering a club, and, and I don't make any secret of the, the fact that I, I'm a Wolves supporter, but I don't use it as part of my coverage, obviously. I'm very objective, I think, and I'm very sort of down the line. I don't get too high or too low, and that's why, I think that's the best way to do the job, really. Um, but I have to be honest, Bruno is a really good character. Is. You know, I've got, I've got a, you know, I've got a. It doesn't mean that if he does something wrong or does badly, I'm not going to criticise him because you know that's the job. But I, I tell you what, he's a, he's a nice bloke and he's just a, a good character. Has a has a laugh with you and just a genuine mixer that turned into quite, sort of quite a nice sort of semi-viral <laughs> Twitter or online uh, moment. Uh, yeah, it was it was very funny. He was he started answering the question. Um, so my question was, you know, the Wolves fans were chanting about you taking them to Europe, you know, that must be something you're dreaming of or thinking of. And he said, it is, yeah. And I thought, oh, oh bloody hell, he's giving me a good line here. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I was thinking, yeah, come on, Bruno, keep going. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, we, we were hoping to go to Marbella on the January break <laughs> because of COVID. <laughs> I was oh, like, God, God. I was like, oh no, he's totally got the wrong end of the stick. So I sort of had a little chuckle and I went, sorry, Bruno, I think they mean the, the Europa League. <laughs> uh, he, yeah, you know, oh, he's... Oh man, uh, I'd have gone to Marbella. We'd have gone to Marbella yeah, to cover it. I'd have happily gone, happily gone. But no, he's um, he is a good character. I think the the fans see that more and more as time goes on, and they they are taken to him. You know, he's a he's quite a sort of funny bloke. He has a he's very sort of polite and amicable, and mm. you know, has a, has a good has a good chat and enjoys. Strangely, which is, uh, I think Wolves uh, journalists for the long for the last few years aren't used to this. Certainly, uh, he strangely sort of enjoys the conversations that we have. Uh, the press conferences. I mean, I'm sure there's times where he gets a bit fed up and doesn't want to be there. But for the most part, he, you know, he seems to enjoy having sort of in-depth chats with us, which is quite a nice thing because it gives us an insight, which allows us to give fans an insight. Um, and on the whole, we get more, we get more news, more from, bang for your buck. Yeah, exactly. Because there's been plenty of times in the past where fans have got no idea what's going on um, because it's so difficult to get the information. But I think he's a lot more open. Uh, I said this all in the summer when he joined as well. But I think it's a, a breath of fresh air, to be honest really is uh, excellent right uh, again I've timed this podcast terribly because we're already at just over an hour so we have Typical. got questions Liam we've got questions but um, but we're going to have to race through them first of all uh, a word from our sponsors Adoption at Heart Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council Walsall Council Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step the Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book on the next virtual information event? Visit adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates. Right, Liam, you've got... 30 seconds in answer. Can you do it? I can do can it. Can you do it? Are you ready? I'm ready. So we're going to slam some of these. And uh, the, whoever's the best... Think, think, keep it in your head. The best 
person who asked the question, and well, they're going to they're going to win a they're going to win a Manchester United program for Manchester United versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, when they went there and won one nil, did you know that they won one nil? I was there, mate. They were there. Um, Andy Smith, will Big Willie ever return? And is there an actual place for him in the current lineup? Willie Bolly is not going to the African Cup of Nations. Um, um, we've kind of discussed it on occasions. Largely discussed it as well. Um, what's happening with Willie Bolly, and will we see him back in a wolf shirt soon? I'll tell you why, it doesn't look good, does it? You know, he's had illness, hamstring injuries, calf injuries. They played once this season in the Carabao Cup and wasn't particularly good. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'd bank on him getting back into the squad at some point, depending on how long his, uh, his injury takes to, to heal, but I wouldn't bank on him, on him playing genuinely. I think it's, even at the times he's been on the bench this season, he's not been 100%, hence why he's not played. So, uh yeah, not not looking great. I think we'll see the Wolves shirt again. I think it'll be a next season, but not sure about this season. Mm, interesting, uh, Aaron. Should we stick to three of the back system or convert to four, which has been more attacking? Interesting now. Obviously, Saiz has gone with Morocco. They've been doing great with the way the way the situation has been. Can we expect to see four, or do you think we'll see Marcel slot in? And I know he was on the bench last night, going to left wing back. I don't think you. I don't think you change. Mid-season, I think you stick as you are with the three or the five, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and Wolves have made that. That doesn't have to be a defensive formation. They have made it a fairly attacking formation against United, for example. So uh, I would stick and potentially reassess in the summer, depending on incomings, outgoings, uh, and, and where the squad is. Adrian says, do Wolves need a sports psychologist to help them score more goals? There weren't any glaring misses last night. I guess this is the day after. But there have been in recent months. It's worked out with other sports, notably Dr. Steve Peters with British Cycling, Ronnie O'Sullivan and the Olympic team. Ciao for now, he says. Mm, it's not It's not a terrible idea. Um, but you have to also look at the the history of these players and a lot of them before they came to Wolves and even in their seasons at Wolves don't have a, a history of scoring bags of goals um, so I'm not sure you, I'm not sure you're going to turn any of them now in the blink of an eye into a 25 goal a season player um, I think in time with the system and, and the coaching Bruno will make them better and they are already becoming better I think uh, particularly in how he wants them to play and I think that's the key do you reckon they could turn? He could turn you into a sports journalist. Do you reckon? Nah, he's gone. No chance. No not chance. even. I'm not even going to. Not a miracle worker. Not even. Not even going to respond it. Mike says, "Is it fair to say folks have to answer to non-football, let alone Wolves supporting shareholders, before really plowing big money in, and consequently won't ever do it when the same shareholders only understand buy for ten million and sell for twenty million, winning something means nothing." Not really sure how to how to answer that question it's um you know shareholders is a big part of it of course you know there's a lot of different people involved in football but i don't think it's i don't think the ambition is just to treat it as a business and buy and sell the, the ambition is to have success so no i, I would say no reggie rumors are that Troy hasn't had a new contract as he believes he should be one of the highest paid earners at the club whether this is true or not do you think he should be one of the highest paid players at the club uh no <laughs> um, I think uh, yeah, would I keep him or not is another question I think I probably would but should he be the highest player I think there's a lot of players in that team that are more important to the team currently than he is Neves Cody Kilman yeah I think there's, there's, there's a 
there's a player, Saar, I think there's him and his arguably, I think there's a lot more other players that are more important to the to the squad. I mean, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna pay make someone the highest paid player of the club, he's got to be starting week in week out. That's yeah, certain. and whether look whether whether he has sat, the the contract situation has has maybe stopped him playing more than he should. I don't know. That might be a decision for Bruno and the hierarchy. But for me, you've got to be playing week in week out and almost be undroppable if you're going to become one of the highest paid players at the club. Full stop. Uh, but the same, I would like to keep him at the same time, but not 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 with not with the kind of eye watering figures that have been talked about. Amar's music show says, "Do you think qualification for the Europa League is enough to, or the Europa Conference League is enough to convince players such as Neves to stay, or do we need Europa League or Champions League for that to happen?" Again, it's a good question, and it's tough to say. Um, I, I would I would just say a, a yes, just about because I think the type of player Neves. Is and the type of character he is. I think he's very settled, feels very at home, and is enjoying his football at Wolves. I think if Wolves were to get the Conference League, I think that would be enough for next season. Just. Um, I mean, regardless, you're always going to have questions at the end of the summer or January of course, your best yeah. players, aren't you? Whether they were qualified for Champions League or, or or Europa League or whatnot. I mean, it's just that's just the way it is when you've got top draw players. Then I think that obviously the clubs are going to be interested in them. Uh, Nick Turner, Moutinho is so important to our midfield at nearly 36 years old. How or who do we look at replacing the magician with, and how long can he last? Well, according to Bruno, he, he can last till he's 40 odd. <laughs> so, be interesting to see how we go. I mean, he's. He's not showing many signs of slowing down at the moment, so it'd be interesting to see if Wolves keep hold of him uh, beyond this season and, and what he can do. Uh, do I? It's tough to say. How do you replace him? The the answer is you have to, obviously, because he's he's coming towards the end. Um, I I would still bank on a, you know a proper number six and a proper number eight, someone to sit in, someone who can drive forward. I think you would sign both in midfield, particularly when he leaves. Uh, and that's about as far as you can, I can say, really, because it's it's difficult to to know when he's going to go first of all, and and, and how to how to make that decision. I would keep it beyond next season if, if if that adds anything to it. I would I would keep him for another year at least. I think, and especially with the World Cup, I'm sure you won't want the um, the change of moving clubs as well. So I'm uh, you know with the World Cup in Qatar in in, in December January, so I'm sure that in November I think that will um, that will probably make him stay as well. I think it makes makes sense for all parties to be honest. Uh, we're in a good position, says Rush SM. Do we go on an FA Cup run now? Try to go to into Europe that way, or do we just see how far we can get um, and the reserves and, and play the reserves? Basically, I yeah, I think I've said this a lot that I would I, I really do value the cup competitions and particularly the FA Cup. I think it's a wonderful competition. Uh, I want to see Wolves take it as seriously as possible. I think they'll make a, they'll certainly make a few changes on Sunday, um, but I think and I think Bruno will do this. I think you go still go fairly strong. Um, I don't think you bring all the kids in and play, you know, like Villa have done in the past and play all the sixteen year olds, whatever. Um, and I I think it's not only does it add a lot of value to the season and gives fans something extra to to cherish and extra memories if they go far like they did in 2019 in the FA Cup despite the, the result in the semi-final um, I think you I think it just adds to, to breed confidence as well and I don't think it gets in the way of, of the of the league and you've got two opportunities there two avenues to get into Europe you've got the league and you've got the FA Cup if you win the FA Cup you're in so I would uh, I would give it I would I would give it a serious um yeah, I really would go for it. I, I genuinely, 
I wouldn't necessarily, you know, if there's two games close to each other, I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, Wolves play the FA Cup over the, the league right now because they're eighth. But like the other last season with the two Southampton games with Nuno, Wolves weren't going anywhere in the league and he prioritised the league game over the over the cup game and that was the wrong way around for me. So, um, but yeah, I would give it a lot of attention. I really would. I think they, they've got a good chance if they, if they can do well. Poco says, if this Wolves team was a quality street, what quality street would they be? They would be the... Must admit, quality streets, not a massive fan of them. I think they've been overtaken by a lot of different deliciousness at Christmas. But still, still, still got a couple of decent ones in there for me. I like them, but they're not, they're not anywhere near the number one, I, I agree. Um, they would be, uh, Wolves would be the, uh, like, oblong chocolate within the green, the, like the, the little... I was you know, going to say you know the what, green as well, but the green's you know a triangle, I mean? mate. It's a triangle. No, 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 no. there's two green ones. There's, there? a, there's, a, there's a triangle one and there's a like a little rectangle oblongy shape. Of green? Yes, I'm telling you it's... Uh, what is it? Coconut? Look. No, no, it's just chocolate. Is it? I'm telling you now because the triangle one's got some extra in it. It's got like... It's got like nutty, nutty... Yeah, exactly. In it. Yeah, yeah. That's this what I was going to say, like a hard exterior. Yeah. It looks pretty plain, but when you open it up, it's actually delicious, which wolves Look, are. I the, thought the oblong one was more kind of like um, just a caramel, but I thought that was... No, 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 there is. There's another one that's a caramel. This one is just a... How do you not know this, man? Come on. This one's just a, just a straight chocolate. That's all it is. Nothing else. I'm really? telling you why wolves is that one. Go on. Solid, reliable. You know what you're getting. Does what it says on the tin. You love to see it. I'd <laughs> love to see it. Dinny says, Mr. Yuda, Mr. Keane, I'm travelling from Ireland to the Southampton game. Good effort, good effort. I need to know the best curry house in Wolverhampton, please. It better be good or I'll have to triangle the pair of you. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <Just triangle. laughs> it's a uh, jiu-jitsu move. Oh, excellent news. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I've got I've, I've got a few people in a triangle. It's, it's, uh, let's, it's, uh, come on, we've yeah. done so well to not talk about it's pretty uh, good. You know, Karate at this stage. Let's let's karate, move on. But what well, is a decent? I would bat you. I, mean, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know to, where to eat in Wolverhampton to be honest. So it's, it's, do you I mean, like it's curry? All, it's all down to you. Do you like curry? You don't strike me as a curry bloke. I like Indian, but it's got to be kind of like a street food Indian. There's a very good ah. one in Shirley, so I, I like that very much. So, but um, well, I, I love to, a good curry. I'm a big yeah, fan but, of a curry. I mean, you're probably like a chicken corn, which actually isn't Indian and probably isn't, um, isn't a curry, aren't you? So. Well, no, actually, no. Uh, I think I would go with a boona. A boona. Do you know my, you my nickname at, um, at uh, school used to be, because I used to be obviously quite hefty, as you know, in my earlier days. Fatty me, Judah. Yeah, they did call me <laughs> Nathan, Nathan Judah. They call me Chicken Booner. I'm never going to think of Booner again. Chicken the same Booner, way again. used to call us. I used to go to uh, playing cricket. Booner! Booner, get yourself over here. Christ. I'm not sure you can say that now, actually, with everything that's going Probably on. Probably not. But anyway. So uh, the answer is, um, I've never had a curry in Wolverhampton. But is it Bilash? Is it Bilash that people go to or something I, like that? I have heard from people that Penn Tandoori is meant to be. Oh, nice. that's right. Penn Tandoori, that's where Jeff goes, isn't he? Jeff Shee, you might see a couple so, of those plays in there. Is it so good? I, is it good? I, I've heard it's good. I've never been. I've never been to a, I'm a Google Korean Penn Tandoori now. I've, they I've can heard give it's us good. Some, uh, I like a good Peshwari naan, though, mate. Uh, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go Peshawar. I'd go oh. garlic and coriander would be 4. the first 5 one. Four point five stars. There you go. Four hundred and seventy-one Google reviews. The food in West Midlands is the place to be. Ten out of ten. It nice. says incredible. Do you like a good keema naan? I like a good keema naan. A little bit yeah. of internet. It's got to be quality meat. Nothing I always. Like that. It's bad, isn't it? Maybe it's a British thing to do. When I go to um, look at star ratings, I always go to the ones and twos to see what they are as well. Even though you've got to scroll yeah. down. I do as well. Let's have a look. Um, 
2, uh, Charlotte Connor 2. So disappointed. We're looking forward to our takeaway. Food delivery was prompt and food was piping hot, but meals were really bland. Naan bed was soggy. Rice was nice, but sadly overwhelmingly disappointing. Response from owner. Sorry you did not enjoy your meal. Full stop. Is it just me or is it, you know, sometimes if you've got a little bit of sog to the, uh, to the naan bread, it's actually all right. Has a, oh, bit, yeah, has a little bit extra. Probably, probably just a bit you, mate. Um, Paul Mantle, 19 goal gate, 19 items on goal. 19 items? He must have meant shots. 19 shot shots on goal, uh, but very few that seem to involve Raul. Is this a strength that we are not relying on him, or should we have influenced this to a greater extent? Give me that one again. I didn't, I didn't quite get that. 19 shots on goal, but very few that seem to involve Raul. Is this a strength that we are not relying on him, or should he have influenced this to a greater extent? Okay, that's an interesting one. Um, I think it's a good thing that you, because I think you know they struggled without him last year. It's a good thing that you're not overly relying on him. Yes, um, but I say it, it's, it's pretty much both because at the same time he needs to have more of an influence. Uh, as I said, I thought he had a bit more of a hand in the United game, um, but he needs to be more on it in front of goal, and it's simple as that. A bit of both, really. Oh, Andy's got a good question for you, Liam. Here we go. Would you take an FA Cup final versus one of the top three? Okay. Mm-hmm. Or Europe qualification via league position guaranteed Europe or conference form from this season? So would you take an FA Cup final? Bear in mind, Wolves haven't been to an FA Cup final for Yonks against the top three. Obviously, could still win it. Or guaranteed European qualification in the league through the league I as I say hugely remember Wolves have, Wolves have been on the European um, front a couple of seasons ago I know okay. I hugely value and admire the cup competitions mm-hmm. but for guaranteed Europe place I have to go with the, the, the Europe place you've got to go I understand yeah we want a European tour, don't we, Kino? Oh, too right, mate. Okay. I wouldn't mind rocking up in Russia or Lithuania or something. It'd be nice. Uh, okay. Um, what else? What else? What else? There's a few more good ones, but we're running out of time. So, what's the market value, says Ronan, for the likes of Saar, Kilman, and Neves now? For me, the most three outstanding players this season. Fast. Bonus question. One. Hit, miss, or met on Liam's performance as Wolves correspondent? Well, I'll let, I'll let you decide that. Meh. I'll think about it for a while. Come off it. Okay, miss. <laughs> <laughs> I can't Shock give you too it. many compliments, mate. I've already texted you, so uh, you know, apparently yeah. on New Year's Eve. Uh, so Sar Kilman and Neves. So give me, give me, give me some ballpark figures now. Oh, Sar, you paid what six odd million for him? Ballpark twenty-ish. Oh, I'm going higher. Carry on. Only because of how much they paid for him already, but yeah, yeah. Kilman. Kilman, I think you could get 40 to 50 for him. 50, I'd say, yeah. Neves. Yeah. Oh, oh, 60. Whoa, there you go. There's 130, 140 million quid for you there. Yeah, and, that, and there's the spine of the team virtually gone. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Happy days. Back in the championship, not great. But we've got some, got some cash. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Thank you very much for anyone sending questions in. Any, anyone that's sprung to mind for you? Uh, we'll go with the curry question because I love a good curry. Oh, the curry question. So, congrats to. Let me find his name. And the chap is coming over from Ireland, so he thought it'd get a little, give him a little prezzy. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and no, I can't find his name. Five, four, three, two. Oh, there we go. Um, no, can't find his name. 
You know who you are anyway, whoever it is. I can't find the question now. You can find it, maybe you'll find it. Um, right, Wolves against Sheffield United. I'll find it. I'll find it while doing it. Give me a preview, Bebe. Do Wolves go strong? Do they go half and half? Do they go a little bit weaker? What do they do? Like you say, it's a great opportunity to get into the fourth round. But obviously, a long way to go. Plenty of fixtures. Wolves have still got a couple to play uh, with cancellation. So, what do you expect Bruno to pick against Sheffield United? Well, um, I suspect he'll make a few changes. So, your likes of Fabio Silvers and Hovers will probably come in and play. John Ruddy, for example. But if you look at the two cup games against Forest and Spurs in the Carabao Cup, um, he made those changes, but he also went fairly strong. You know, he didn't start Kundal or he didn't start, I'm trying to think of another one, I mean, Campbell, for example. You know, they didn't start any of the, the young, inexperienced ones. It was players that have got first-team experience and are first-team options, um, but just weren't playing regularly in the league for the most part. So uh, I've got it in front of me now. I'll, I'll look at the... Um, oh, no, I actually don't have it in front of me. <laughs> Ignore me, ignore that bit. Um, so I think I, can, I think it'll be the same formation, um, and I'll go for off the top of my head a quick a quick side. I think he'll go Ruddy in goal. I think he'll go Sanderson, Cody, Kilman. Okay. Kilman playing on the left. I think he'll go Hover and eight Nori wing backs. Uh, I think he goes. So Samedo benched. Yes, okay. I think I think he goes. No Marcel. No, I need to be... break. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah, yeah. I think. Dumpty. I think I'm not ma- <laughs> I'm not massively convinced of what I'm about to say, which isn't a great caveat to it. But I, I've got a feeling he might he might go with Dendonka and Kundal in midfield. No. I've got a feeling. No. I, I think he would, I think he might bench both Neves and Moutinho. I'd be stunned. I think but be at the same time, at the, at the same time, I also think, considering he's gone fairly strong in in the the cups before, mm. I th- and because it's a Sunday and it's you know it's in place of a regular league fixture, it's mm. not like they're playing it midweek. I think he could, as as you say, he could play Dendonka and, and Neves and play and keep Neves in the side because it's not like they're desperate for a, a break. It's almost as if they're playing a league game anyway, yeah. it's just, which is whether you risk them uh, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the front three, I think he plays. That's a tough one. I think he plays Fabio, or Adama, and Pedenz. I think he. I think he goes fairly strong. I think he yeah, drops. Yeah, I, that, yeah. I think he drops Trincao. Huang's injured. I think he drops Raul. The only other one I could be tempted maybe is if they had enough time to train that I could see maybe Ryan Giles playing on the left of the front three. Mm-hmm. But I'm not massively convinced Sanderson and, and Giles will come in. I've gone with Sanderson because I think he might rest one of the back three. Well, I'd say Sars is gone, but he might. So technically, the other two aren't being rested. But you know what I mean. He'll rest the senior player in Marcel. You don't think that um, that he might play Raul just to try and get a little bit of confidence? I think I can see the argument. I can see that's a possibility, but I think I think you give Fabio it. Uh, he did well off the bench. He's ready to play. The only thing that'll get in the way is if he's not fit enough after recovering from COVID, um, because Bruno did say that he asked Fabio, you know, how do you feel? Are you ready to come on? And he said, yeah, he's got 20, 25 minutes in him. He gave him about 15, including injury time. So it's whether he's not fit, but he's had a you know a fairly de- decent bit of training this week. Hopefully, I think he's going to go stronger than what you think, Liam. I think um, look, Sheffield United are no mugs. They've just gone, and depending on what side they play, but they've gone, they've just gone to Fulham. Well, I say just gone to Fulham. They haven't played since the twentieth of December, so they're going to be fresh. Um, gone to Fulham and won one nil. Uh, they beat Cardiff three two. 
Uh, again, another decent side. They've been Bristol, uh, Bristol City 2-0. They've been Reading 1-0. So they've won four out of the last four. Um, they're flying, really. Um, I think I think that they'll be a difficult proposition. I think that Wolves might want to get this game done and get this game over before maybe playing a couple of those lot. But we'll see. I think it might go slightly stronger than what than what you mm. think. But what I do know for certain is that no one's going to win the shirt because you're going to predict the wrong result. So I'm going to predict the result this week. Oh. I'm predict the result this week. You've lost it. You've lost the honour. I'm going to say it's going to be Wolverhampton Wanderers 1. Sheffield United 0. Full time. Well, change your team, but not change your result. 1-0 to the boys. Get through. That wasn't what I was going to say. Okay, well, there you go. That's why, so I've, I'm taken, gonna, that's why I've taken it away from you. What you I'm going to say mine now, and then if mine comes true, and obviously they don't have an opportunity to win a shirt because you've taken away my privileges, yeah. um, then we, yeah, we'll have a nice laugh at you next week. I'll try and go. I'm going to go Wolves to win 2-1. 2-1, okay. 2-1, okay. Fair enough. Called it. Oh dear, the the Morgan's White Derby, mate, as it is. One Thank hour, twenty five minutes. This podcast. I'm sorry, but we have got look. When the, we missed last week, obviously there weren't any games. And then you've got New Year. You've got you've got you've beaten Man United. You've got loads of signings. You've got loads of loanies. You've got January transfer window. You've got an FA Cup game. We we can go over for a little bit, ten minutes. And, and I apologise to people who who um who who want this to be an hour. But look, I'll try and do my best better better next time. That's all I can say. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Alright, have a good weekend. I'll see you, Kino. I'll see you, Molyneux. I'll see you then, mate. From me, from Liam, have a great weekend. Take care.